0: You are now listening to The Grio's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. What's going on, everybody? I'd like to welcome you to a very special episode of Dear Culture. And it's special for a couple reasons. Number one, there's no guest. It's just going to be me talking, uh, sharing. This is probably going to be the most personal episode of Dear Culture that exists, at least in this current iteration of it. It's also special because it's going to be a two-parter. The first part of this episode is going to effectively break down uh, an introduction to this story that I'm about to tell. uh, An introduction and a lead-up. And the second part of this is probably going to be a bit longer and, and kind of give information about what happened since. Something I haven't talked about at all. That's not completely true, but we'll get we'll get to that now that I think about that out loud. But anyway, um, this episode of Dear Culture, we're going to be talking about an article that I wrote that uh, changed my life and ruined my family life for a couple of years. And the reason I'm doing this now is because the five year anniversary of me writing this article, uh, which is titled How Trump Ruined My Relationship with My White Mother, is right around the corner i realized i wrote that august 18 2017 when i was uh, just joining the root this is right after very smart brothers had been purchased by univision to become part of the root and uh i wrote that article it probably to this day stands as the most read thing that i've ever written bar none but i also haven't really talked about that article much since. Uh, Definitely not very publicly. And that's for many reasons. I already alluded to the fact that it uh, ruined my family for many reasons. Uh, A lot of choices were made that led up to that. And a lot of those choices were on my end, decisions that I made that negatively impacted the way uh, this story uh, went. The most important reason, though, why I am Doing this episode, especially at this time interval, is because um, on February 8th of this year, 2022, my mother passed away. And uh, to date, it is uh, one of the most difficult gut punches uh, I've ever felt. And I've seen I'm somebody who's seen a lot of death. Unfortunately, I've born witness to death firsthand. Um, in, in, in many ways, unfortunately, I've seen things that I, I've, I've wished I would never have seen in my life. Losing my mother, uh, has been difficult. We're going to get to that in the second part of this discussion. In the second part of this, uh, this episode, um, there might be tears. I'm just going to be honest with you. I just I want to put that there out there up front. I'm, it's entirely possible that I might shed a tear or two when I'm talking about uh, both what happened with my mom and then her passing away. Um, yeah, it's a club I'm not I, I'm not excited to be a part of. I know it's a club that we're all going to join at some point, unfortunately, uh, unless you pass away before your your parent does, which, you know, I hope. That's like a parent's worst nightmare, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, sit tight, buckle up. I'm going to break down exactly how I got to writing that article that, uh, has become the thing that more people have asked me about in my writing career since I've written it, no matter where I go, even, even recently, um, people have stopped and asked me, uh, since I wrote that article, what happened with my mother they know she passed away you know were we good how were we um you know you ever as a writer you always hope that the things that you write impact people you just hope it doesn't negatively impact you in the process and you know by the time we're done with this there's a couple lessons that i i'm going to speak to things that i've learned about just by virtue of having written that article but let's let's start with the background so this is an article that I wrote August eighteenth, twenty seventeen. Um, it's available online. Again, I wrote it while I was a, while I was a, a writer at the Root, and it was born out of years of frustration that I've had with my mother, um, and the conversations we've had that have had any type of racial nature or tone to them. Right, so my mother is white. She's a French immigrant, though. So she moved to America when she was, I want to say, 13, uh, right before high school. Her and my family, my grandmother, uh, I think my grandfather was already here from France. They moved to a tiny town in Michigan called Celine, which is in that Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti area. And, you know, so she spent the latter part of her life, uh, the latter, I'm, excuse me, the latter part of her teen years, in this town, in high school, she graduates, she joins the military. Uh, she meets my father in the military. I am born in Panama. Part of the reason where the name Panama Jackson comes from, though, the true origin of that name is a it's completely random. But. You know, I was early, early on in my life, I was raised my father, my mother, my father split when I was, I want to say, like three and my little sister and I moved with my mother to Michigan. We were in Kansas at the time, moved my mother to Michigan. My father moved to Germany. So I was living with my mom um, in southeastern Michigan, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, like all the you know, these places outside of Detroit. And, you know, we moved around a bunch of places. But anyway, as I got older, you know, we ended up going to live with my father when I was six. And my little sister was was. Uh three. So I'm sorry. I left to live with my my mother and father split when I was three and my little sister who had been just been born. Yeah, I gotta get that timeline right. So when I'm six, I'm with my father and my stepmother, and I have stepsisters, but we're all family, right? My mom, my stepmother is somebody I call I refer to as my mother, my mom, I call her mom. There's no, you know, there's none of that other stuff. And, and that can get confusing when telling the story, and it actually confused many people along the way because people are like, Why are you referring to this as your white mother? In telling the story, but to know my life, you have to understand that while I was, uh, while I, I, I've been blessed. I was blessed with two mothers. I have my my biological mother, who also was very instrumental in raising me, and my stepmother, who was vital and instrumental to my upbringing and helping establish my cultural identity and who I am as a person, right? So, I grew up. I'm in Frankfurt, Germany. Then we moved to we moved to uh, Madison, Alabama, where I attend high school. And you know, as I get older, it's one of those things you notice. My mother lives in this, this really tiny town in Michigan called uh Jackson. Well, Jackson is the city that the town is attached to. She lived in a town called Napoleon. And as we grew older, I, you know, when you're a little kid, you don't really pay attention to who's paying attention to you. But as you get older, you start noticing people noticing you. And I'm a I'm a black boy, I'm getting bigger, and I'm just kind of noticing the eyes that we get when we go places. And over time I would have these conversations with my mother and I would say, you know, I'm noticing these things or I'm uncomfortable here for these reasons. And she would often be what I felt was dismissive of my, my feelings about that. Quite frankly, I think she just didn't want to acknowledge or accept the fact that perhaps I was, I was right that maybe there were people out there viewing and paying attention to me and my little sister in a negative capacity. So, my mother and I, we like to argue. We're very, we're very similar. Like there's no argument that, that we didn't walk into like eyes wide open together. Right. We would argue about racism. We argue about politics. We argue about any manner of thing. Like just, if there's an argument to be had, we were probably going to have it at some point. Now we had a lot of fun though. I mean, you know, we had a lot of fun. Like my mom was fun. She liked to do fun things. She would take us to do all manner of things. Like, Stayed in the cabin for. you know we say cabin. We stayed in the cabin for like a a month. We stayed on a lake. Uh, my mom believed in laughter and believed in joy and believed in you know just making sure her children didn't want for anything. And I think she always felt a little bit of guilt about the fact that while she had to because of of the position she does, that she was in, health wise and where she was in life. I think she felt a little bit guilty about sending my little sister and I off to live with my father. And, you know, that's that's even something my uncle mentioned to me, you know, after her funeral. Like, you know, your mom really struggled with sending you all to go live with your father. But I think ultimately it was probably one of the great things that happened in my life because it gave us some more stability. Uh, it sent me to live with my father and my stepmother. And again, my cultural identity was shaped by those people. Right. Like I am a very strong, very secure black man and it's because of how i was raised right i understood that my mother was white but my father's very clear you are black that is who you are i don't know if that's what i would have gotten if i'd grown up with my mother but the point is we we argue about anything despite the laughter but again let me i'm gonna tell this this real brief story about the kind of fun we would have one day when i graduated from uh, i have a master's degree from the university of maryland i um my mother and I were bored and we we're trying to figure out something to do. So we just got in a car and drove to Mount Vernon, Mount Vernon being George Washington's plantation. We drove down there. I mean, I was dressed in the most ridiculous of fashion. I'm pretty sure I had like a black, delicious T-shirt on, had bandana on and a straw hat. Like I was just giving 100 percent pay attention to me. And my mother and I are walking around this plantation like having a blast, like because we're like cracking like we're talking about how ridiculous like colonialists and all these people were who literally enslave people. Like we're, we're, we're doing that kind of stuff together. So it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not that we didn't have fun. And my mom, my mom at one point was very much in my estimation, like understanding of, of the plight or understanding what her children would go through. But that changed. We would get into these arguments about racism, particularly whether or not it existed, whether or not if race was a potential reason why something might have happened, whether it was legitimately on the table. I can't tell you how many times she would dismiss my claims of racism. There's that famous uh, famous study that was out there about people sending the same resumes in, but putting one with a, an ethnically, like an ethnic name versus one like a, you know, middle American Ohio type name. And the the differences in the percentage of callbacks people got simply based on the name and she just refused to accept Things like that as being facts. So, as I got older, as I got more secure in myself and who I was, we got into more and more arguments and debates about that type of stuff. She, the my mom was a was a George Bush fan, George Bush supporter. I remember when when Bush was elected. Uh, Very excited about that. We used to have all these arguments about that. And I'm going to speed through a little bit of this because I want to get to the point of of at least this first part of this first episode. But the point is my mother and her husband were Republicans, devout Republicans. They're NRA members, Republicans, small business owners. Uh, They owned a little restaurant. Awesome place. My mother was an amazing cook. uh, Amazing. Like she could make anything. And so she opened a restaurant. She actually, they opened a a hot dog stand at first and then they opened a, a standalone restaurant, but they also owned a gun shop. You know, so they were entrepreneurs like middle American, Michigan entrepreneurs, politically Republican. Right. So, you know, I don't remember a ton of discussions during the Obama years. But as as the obama presidency came to a close i did notice when we started talking about who people would be voting for a pretty sizable and substantial like leaning towards anti-hillary right my mom hated hillary clinton you would almost think it was personal the way that she used to talk about hillary clinton so i knew she would be voting for trump once trump was the nominee because she couldn't possibly vote for hillary clinton like she hated this woman i mean at, I really wish I had a clip of her just talking about her disdain. It was it was truly mystifying. But over time, I started to notice how her, it was less about Hillary, more about actively being endorsing of Trump. And my sister and I, we had conversations about this because we're like, yo, like, I think, I think mama's going to vote for Trump, but I don't think it's about Hillary anymore. I think she's actually voting for Trump. This started to come to a head during Thanksgiving, the year, I guess that was uh, Thanksgiving, the year that Trump was uh, elected. 2016. Um, we were going to go, we went to my mother's house for Thanksgiving, but the original plan was to go to a family's house for Thanksgiving. And I remember being like, I'm not going over there. Like it's too. This is too raw. Like we care too much about the fact that Trump is in office because of all the racist rhetoric and all of these things that we heard. And I don't want to be in a space with a bunch of people who are going to say things that I can't respond back to without starting a a, a a race riot. And my mother thought I was being ridiculous, but ultimately we decided not to go. But during that same trip, we went to go visit her restaurant, and like I also have to state, my mother. While being a Trump supporter was also like anti the whole Black Lives Matter thing, like she just she thought it was a bunch of miscreants and people who were just like actively just being disruptive. So we go to her restaurant. This is on the way out of town. Shouts out to my wife who literally had to calm me down or stop me from like really saying the things that I wanted to say. You know, so uh, the, the town police officer shows up and I remember my, you know, they my my mom and her husband are basically like, you know, if if you people and she didn't say you people, you know, people would would meet more cops like this, then they wouldn't have this negative views of police and all this other stuff. Like they basically like like everybody else is the problem. Like it's not the police. It's 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 us. It's us people who are Black Lives Matter and, and complaining about things that the police are doing. We're the problem. So I remember being like incensed by that, but like, whatever. That's November of 2016. Fast forward to August of 2017. My mother comes to visit, my aunt comes with her. We had this ritual. There's this store in Pentagon City Mall, right outside of Washington, D.C., in Arlington, that has like all these great America souvenirs. You can get Obama bobbleheads, and you can get all that kind of stuff, right? You can get toilet paper with um, Trump tweets and stuff like It's one of those type of places. And she always wants to go to the store. We go to the store, and because she wants me, to, she wants some "Make America Great Again" t-shirts, right? I don't. I hate those things, but she wanted them. I knew she's going to take them back home, give them to her husband and other people. Blah blah, whatever. It's not a big deal. That day on TV is a, there's a news story about somebody who put like one of those, you know, you drive out like a car dealership and they got like one of them huge balloon things with the arms all flapping and flailing. Somebody had put one of those on the national mall, but it was like Trump, like a chicken. And this was a news story. And my mom was so pissed about this. And she was like, nobody's ever been more disrespected than Trump. Trump is the most disrespected person, like ever the most disrespected president. I'm like, uh, ma'am, The guy who just left office has been way more disrespected. His wife is more disrespected. His family, like an entire eight years of disrespect from people who claim he was never even the president and use racism as a means of describing and discussing him. We got into a huge argument. I mean, like a fight, like yelling at each other. I'm pretty sure I cussed my mama. And that caused me to later on that night, pull her to the side and apologize. It's like, mama, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have spoke to you that way. I feel how I feel, but I should never speak to you that way. You're my mother. I'm going to relax. I'm going to chill. We talked. We hugged. High five. Like, you're my son. You're my mama. We love each other. Like, we're not going to do this again. The next day, my mother, in the morning, walks downstairs in her Make America Great Again t-shirts. I was incensed. I'm like, ma'am, what you're not going to do in my house is wear these shirts. That's not what we're doing. You can't do that. And she was like, I'm I'm wearing it. I'm not taking this thing off. I refuse to take this thing off. It's just a shirt. It's just a shirt. It doesn't mean anything. We get into another argument about what make America great again means and how I view it as like a racist dog whistle. But she's like, it's just a shirt. It's just words. It doesn't matter. You Stop persecuting everybody, blah, blah, blah. That day, we're going to pick up the license plates for my new car. I just got my car, the license plates for the dealership, which is in Rockville, Maryland. Excuse me. We're going to pick up the, the, the license plates for my car, which is in Rockville, Maryland. While walking out of the door, my mother says to me, why does this shirt offend you? And I said straight up, do you really want to know or are you trolling me? Because if you really want to know, I will tell you why. But if you're just trolling me further, I'm not responding to this question. And she says, I really want to know. Boom, we get in the car. Rockville, Maryland from my house is probably about 45 minute drive. When I tell you this was the longest drive of all time, we get to a huge argument where I explain to her why I'm offended by the shirt. Excuse me. We get into a huge argument where I explain to her why I'm offended by the shirt. She explains to me why it's stupid that I'm offended by the shirt, that I have no right to be offended by the shirt because it's just words. And I'm deciding to be offended and blah. And all of us who are offended by this thing are decided. We're yelling at each other in the car. She's like, take me home. I'm like, I'll do you better. I'll take you to the airport like I I'm ready for you to go. Like, I want you gone. I don't want to deal with this anymore. We, it's a very tense trip. The problem is we'd gone too far to turn around. So we had to go continue to get my, my, my license plates. And then we were going to go get some toys from my kids from Toys R Us. You know, it was just a very tense trip. We, we went, we came back. We weren't really talking much. We were like avoiding each other, but like trying our best to be in the same space, but not be in the same space. She's leaving on that Saturday. So this probably happens on that Thursday. She's leaving on that Saturday morning. We're sitting there waiting. I'm basically waiting for her to leave. Right. Like I'm just like waiting for the time. Like, is it time to is it time to hop in a car yet and go take you to the airport? And then we're watching TV. And then what happens? Charlottesville erupts. We begin tonight with that breaking news, a horrific scene in Charlottesville, Virginia, a white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence and chaos. Right. So all of that's going on. And even in this, she's still defending Trump. Like, she's like, oh, he can't do anything right. We're all complaining because Trump had to make He took forever to make a statement of any sort. She's like, he just can't catch a break. And she agreed the police were doing a terrible job down there. She was like, the police are doing a crappy job. But she was still defending Trump. Take it to the airport. <coughs> Excuse me. I take her to the airport, put her in the, put her on the airport, tell her I love her. And she's like, well, it's been real. Now she didn't mean it in the black way. Like it's been real, like peace out. She meant it like, this has been, a. it's been real. Like it's been whatever. That next week I end up like I'm seething. Like for a week I'm hot. Like I don't want to talk to my mother and I don't, I don't speak to her. I'll talk to my sister back and forth. And I get in. I guess it must have been that Monday I I sat down and I was like, I got to get this out. And I started writing this article, how Trump ruined my relationship with my white mother. Now, I I wrote it. I sent it to my sister to make sure that she was okay with what I'd written. Uh, She's like, well, it's honest this is so well written, blah, blah, blah. I sent it to Damon. Damon was like, yo, publish that immediately. Um, But I sent it to our editor who was currently my editor at the grill as well. And she edited down, cut some things out, blah, blah, blah. And then it published. I was so hurt. My feelings were hurt. I had a lot of emotions and feelings out and I wrote them and I got it out. And I wrote at the end of that, like, you know, blood is not thicker than like than like liberty, right? Like basically just because we're family does not mean that I feel like I owe you, I owe you my familiness, right? Like forget that. Like the the harm and the danger I feel like you're putting me and my kids in is something that I can't deal with. So if we not, we might not have a relationship anymore. So I wrote all this out, right? I'm one of those writers. I write things down, I drop it, I move on. I wasn't thinking anything of it. I didn't think this article was about to go viral. Right. I didn't think it was about to like hit the streets, but it did. I mean, it got shared thousands of times. You know, every time I looked up, it was being shared by other people. I'm on Facebook and my name is just popping up. I'm getting notification after notification because the, it was shared so many times by so many people, people in my own family who have also had other issues with other members in our family, read it and reached out to me. And this is on my white family as well. And like, yo, like I don't, I don't think you realize what you wrote and how much this impacts our entire family kind of stuff. Um, The story got so big, I actually was concerned about it because, and this plays into the later part, I didn't tell my mom I was doing this, right? I was writing it and I didn't tell my mother I was doing this. But all of a sudden I'm getting reached out to by CNN, by MSNBC, like I'm getting reached out to by news outlets, the the time the the Washington the Washington Post the New York Times like people want to interview me about this article because apparently I struck a nerve about like the the divide in politics and family and all of that in America at the time like it was it really did things this is I won awards because of this article right which is cool except on the back end this is the article that ruined my life Right. Or it didn't ruin my life, but it ruined my family for some years. And that's that's the part that everybody knows thus far. That's as far as it's got. Because once we got to this article where I'm writing it, I pretty much stopped talking about it. And that was both by design and for my own peace of mind. But out of respect and deference for my mother, I decided now is probably the time to share what what happened after, like how me and my mom are doing when all of you would stop me in the street to talk to me about it, what I'm going to do, speaking engagements, how. You know, it's without fail, somebody asking a question in the audience would always say, how are you and your mom or that article that you wrote? I've had I, it made me go speak to my mother about some of the issues we had kind of thing. Um, And I appreciate the care and love that everybody's given me about that. So I decided that now is the time to share the rest of that story because it gets really bad. It gets really sad. It gets really painful. And, you know, it took a lot of work and healing for us to get back to a place and, As I remind you, my mother passed away this year and thankfully we were good. But man, I am really hurt about the years that we lost out on because of the hurt that we caused each other behind this and what I did because of it. So we're going to stop there for this first half, this first half of this episode, this first part of the discussion. Uh, Make sure you check out next week for the second half the part that nobody's heard then the part that nobody knows unless you know me very personally um and what happened in my family what happened between my mother and i on the after on the other side of the how trump ruined my relationship my relationship with my white mother article that i won awards like that for uh so thanks for listening this is dear culture i'm panama jackson make sure you check out uh, episode two next week. The Grio Black Podcast Network is here. Everything you've been waiting for. Black culture amplified. Find your voice on the Black Podcast Network. Listen today on the Grio Mobile app and tune in everywhere great podcasts are heard.